I'm very thankful today to be joined by Dr. George Barna. He is a name that is well known in Christian circles, and his research has been reported on this radio station and many, many outlets over many, many years. Uh, Dr. Barna, thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for having me, Well, It's good to be with you. Well, I want to uh, get to know you a little bit before we get into the topic of the day. Uh, tell me exactly who is George Barna. Well, I, you know, when you put it that way, I think first and foremost I'd have to say I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, trying to understand his principles and obey them so that I can honor him and advance his kingdom. Uh, alongside of doing that, I'm a husband, a father. I work at Arizona Christian University as both a professor and the director of research at the Cultural Research Center. And that's built after having done uh, research for many years at what was the Barna Research Group. I sold that in 2009 uh, and have been doing various research activities since then. But I do a lot of research. I've written you know, more than 50 books about what we discovered about faith and culture in America uh, based on all of that research, and here we are. I'm always interested to know whether or not people's parents were strong Christians or if you came to the faith in some other way than uh, growing up in the faith. Yeah, our family was, uh, I guess you'd say, nominally Catholic. We would attend church pretty much every week, but we never read the Bible. We didn't really know anything about having any kind of a personal relationship with, with Christ or really living our lives for God's purposes. So that didn't happen until I was in graduate school, and outside of everything that was going on on the campus, I was uh, in the process of getting married, and we had to go through a premarital training process that the church required, and that kind of led us to question a lot of things, distance ourselves from everything that we've been doing to look at it hopefully with fresh eyes and try to figure out some of the answers to very basic spiritual questions. You know, does God exist? Who is Jesus Christ? Was he real? Do we need to be saved? Is sin a real thing? Is there such a thing as Satan? You know, all of these kinds of things that we've been told about but didn't really have a good knowledge of, a good grip on, in a way that would transform our life, as happened once we became acquainted with Jesus himself. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was not necessarily because of my family. They did instill the, the good value that religion is important, but really it's not religion that you need, it's a relationship with Christ. Dr. George Barna is with us today here on WXAN. And so in that search for knowledge, at some point, you really wanted to dig into the numbers and you began doing research on what's going on in the culture and in the United States. And uh, your name has become associated with some of the most respected uh, work when it comes to finding out what's going on in the hearts and minds of Christians. Uh, one of the most recent uh, surveys that you did was entitled, Majority of American Pastors Do Not Hold a Biblical Worldview. And I think your findings are really at the root of 
what we see in terms of a cultural shift because if the leadership of the Christian faith in communities across the country are not really rooted in that faith, then how in the world would we expect the people that are in the church under their leadership to be rooted in in the faith? With that being said, I'll let you uh, comment from there. Yeah, well, I think that's a great way to summarize where we stand, Will. You know, when when I look at all of the research that we've been doing related to worldview in America over the last three or four years at the Cultural Research Center, that's our primary focus. And the reason for that is because we know that worldview is really what determines the nature and the heartbeat of any culture, any society, any nation, any community. And as we look at worldview, we know that among adults in America, only 6% have a biblical worldview. If we look at people who, theologically speaking, will be considered to be born-again Christians, not because they say they are, but because of how they're handling their salvation, what they believe about it, what they're doing, uh, we would say only 19% of theologically defined born-again Christians have a biblical worldview. Then we look at uh, pastors, and we find that only 41% of Christian pastors across the country, uh, I'm sorry, 37% of all Christian pastors across the country have a biblical worldview. It's 41% among senior pastors, 28% among associate pastors, drops down to 13% among teaching pastors, and just 12% among children's and youth pastors which to me is the most important number of all, because a person's worldview becomes formed between the ages of 15 to 18 months and 13 years of age. So it's during that 12-year block of time that we develop our worldview, and that's important because every decision we ever make will flow through that lens on the world, through that philosophy of life that we establish. And so when you have seven out of every eight children's and youth pastors who do not have a biblical worldview, and and basically what that means is they don't consistently think and act in harmony with God's basic principles, then there's no way that those children are going to grow up knowing God's word, trusting God's word, and living according to his word. Now, in order to find out whether or not somebody had a biblical worldview, I'm sure that you ask specific questions to determine that. So can you give me maybe one or two examples of something that was asked of pastors? Do you believe X, Y, Z? And they said either yes or no. Yeah, we typically don't ask yes or no questions as much as we ask people uh, to explain what they believe more so. And so, yes, we have 54 different questions related to people's beliefs and behaviors, and those were aligned into eight different categories of belief and behavior. Uh, and, And personally, I think the most important of those categories is the one that's labeled Bible truth, and morals, because in that section we ask people whether they believe the Bible is the true, accurate, reliable Word of God, or if they have some other belief about the Bible. In terms of truth, we'll ask them whether or not they believe that there is such a thing 
as absolute moral truths, truths that are uh, relevant to every person regardless of their situation or culture, or do they believe that truth is always determined by what the individual believes and his or her circumstances and conditions? Uh, you know, morals, we gave people a number of different instances where they would have to make a choice about what was right or wrong. And so we looked at situations revolving around things like abortion, cheating on taxes, lying to protect your reputation, uh, uh, whether or not you would pay back a loan that you took out from somebody who doesn't really need the money. And, you know, so all of those kinds of things we're, we're trying to get from people what do you really believe and how do you really live? And we ask both beliefs and behaviors because we know sometimes people say they believe something because they know that's what you expect them to say or that's what's popular in the culture. But where the rubber really meets the road is when you look at what they do. So we're looking for consistency between belief and behavior. And when we find that, we know, okay, that's really where they're coming from. And, of course, that is where the great rot in Christian culture exists today, because you can post a scripture verse on your Facebook page, but, you know, if you are acting in every other way in your life uh, in a non-scriptural way, then people who are not Christians don't really have any respect for that. I think that... You know, the older generation, I'm 40 years old, my grandparents, you know, they never had a drop of alcohol in their life and, you know, had some very firm positions that they could point to if somebody wanted to take them to task on an issue, they could point to their life's example and their walk. And that's powerful. Uh, As they say, talk is cheap. And so is, is the hope for you that as you do this research that people will self-reflect on their own life concerning their duplicity or is there some other hope that you ultimately hope comes out of the research that you um, present? Well, well, I'd say there, there are a number of different things that we hope will happen as a result of all of this study that we're doing on worldview. Number one is to make worldview something that people think about. Don't simply let the culture determine what your worldview is. You need to be responsible and in charge of that process of looking at and determining and consistently measuring and refining your own worldview. A second thing would be to consider what kind of positive influence could you have on the worldview of other people. If you know that most people don't have a biblical worldview, you have an opportunity to have great positive influence on the lives of others to help their lives be transformed so that they would become more like Christ. Uh, Another thing that we hope will happen here is that churches will have a fire lit underneath them to really be much more careful about what they're teaching. Uh, they, They all pretty much, Christian churches, tend to claim that they're teaching biblical truth. But as we now begin to measure that, and by and large they've been the past for many years, because this hasn't been measured to this degree. And now that we know this is the case, it's, it's time to clean house. And so we gotta get our own house in order before we can expect the rest of the culture 
or even want the rest of the culture to follow us. Right now, it's probably a good thing that the church in America doesn't have much influence because we would lead the rest of the culture astray. But if we can get our own house in order, then we really have something good to give to that world. Right now, the culture is influencing the church more than the church is influencing the culture. If we can get worldview in the place where it needs to be, then we can turn that around. George Barna is with us today. He is one of the premier Christian researchers in the United States today. Uh, Mr. Barna, do you uh, look at the body of work that you've put together to this point in your career with pride? Uh, No, I look at it with gratitude, the fact that the Lord was able to find something that I could do that would enable me to, to sense joy not only in the work, but joy in being able to offer this output to him as, as my gift to him, and that he could use it to influence other lives, to bring honor and glory to him and to advance his kingdom. So, you know, I, I, I always try to be really careful about that whole issue of pride, because I know that whatever good has taken place isn't because of me, it's because I've tried to make myself available to God, and he's found me to be a, a, an available vessel that he can work through. That's my goal, is simply to be here, to be and to do whatever he wants. And, uh, you know, if I've been able to do that, if the research has had a positive impact, that's for his glory, not mine. I'm just thrilled that I was able to be part of his team. One of the things that I think is worth noting in terms of this conversation about American pastors not holding a biblical worldview, I think many pastors believe that they have to preach a certain way, perhaps a more liberal way, and able to keep congregants in the church. But your research has found that many Christians are eager to have their pastors teach them biblically, and not just biblically in the sense of the Bible, but biblically about current cultural issues. And I think that there's a lot of pastors that don't, think that's the case among their own congregation. Yeah, what we found among most Bible-believing Christians is that they are are dying for their pastor, not to tell them who to vote for, but to tell them what the Bible teaches about the issues of the day. Every issue that you read about in, in today's news is discussed in the scriptures. There are basic principles there for understanding every one of those issues. And what we found, Bible-believing Christians across the country are saying is, I sure wish my pastor would preach on those things. And when we talked with pastors about that, they said, yes, we agree, the Bible speaks to every one of those issues. But then when we asked them if they would speak to those issues based on what the Bible teaches, they said, no, 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 no. That's not my job. That's politics. To which you know, my response is, well, no, that's not politics, that's theological education. That's trying to prepare God's people to be effective agents of the kingdom of God in the world today. And so if we can close that gap and help pastors understand that, yes, some people may get upset by the fact that you're teaching about these things, and that's because you and your predecessors and your colleagues and peers have chosen not to touch on those issues. But if you look at the 
teaching of Jesus, he talked about everything going on in the culture of his day. And we need to follow that same model. If you lose some people because you're doing what they didn't expect, that's for them to sort out. You've got to be true to the calling that God gave to you to prepare and equip his people to do his work in today's environment. Dr. George Barna is with us. Uh, Just maybe one more question before we let you go today. Much of your research brings out information that doesn't show that the Christian faith is growing stronger in the United States. Uh, Are there research or outcomes that you've done recently that show a reason to be optimistic in any way about the future of this country and its uh, culture in terms of faith? Yeah, you know, I recently put out a a report on millennials, the youngest adult generation in America, and one of the things that encouraged me about that is that it's a group of people that is searching desperately for meaning and purpose in life. Three out of four of them say that when they wake up in the morning, they really don't know why they're here. They don't know what their life is about. And for those of us who have that relationship with Jesus Christ, for those of us who understand that the Bible is God's true and relevant, reliable words for us in terms of how to live, we have an incredible opportunity to have positive impact on the lives of people who are looking for the kinds of answers that we know exist and that we're trying to model in our own lives. So I I think while we can look at the culture and say, gosh, it's collapsing. We can look at the church, uh, you know, uh, local churches in particular, and say, oh my gosh, they're really not doing what they ought to be doing or could be doing. Nevertheless, this is such an incredible era of opportunity for us that if we can see it that way and we can recognize that success in life isn't about you know, money, accomplishments, reputation, possessions. It's really about consistent obedience to God's principles. And that our purpose on life is to know, love, and serve God with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul. So if we can put those together and recognize that these other people who are searching so ardently and desperately for a reason to continue living, but the more that we can share these truths that we understand from God himself, what a joy that will be for us, and what a relief it's going to be for them when they finally come to recognize what life is about, how they can live it, and what success really means. That they don't have to keep striving for success the way the world defines it, but they can actually easily achieve that by surrendering their life to Christ and living for him, and enjoying how he wants to live with them and through them. Dr. Barna, how can people continue to keep up with your uh, research as it's released? You know, all of the work that I'm doing is is available for free at a website uh, at Arizona Christian University. The website is culturalresearchcenter.com culturalresearchcenter.com you can go on there you can uh, subscribe and get alerts to all the new reports that come out we put them out every two or three weeks and uh, you can download all the past ones and there are other resources there that are available as well 
So culturalresearchcenter.com is the place to go. Dr. George Barta, it's been a privilege to be able to speak with you today. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your work. And I hope that uh, God blesses your direction for many, many more years to come. Well, thank you, Will. I appreciate the opportunity to share these things with you and your audience. Have a great day.